Hello, everybody. Uh, Paul, uh, a grateful member of Recovery Alcoholic. Uh, today, you know, we went through the steps, and I'm just going to review a couple of things. But one of the things I'd like to point out from where I'm sitting is that we have the luxury to talk about some highfalutin ideas because we've been relieved of the basic problem of active alcoholism. We're not listening to this usually in a jail cell or in the back of a police car. And that luxury that's afforded to us is one of the great, great benefits to honor uh, what's absent in your life now. Yeah. That the gratitude of absence is such a profound state, really. Because without all this, without an AA, we wouldn't be able to even look into what the real problem is. Because without that act, active aspect of the problem, the drinking and using and all that that produces, we'd be outmatched, most of us. Yeah. So the, we're, we're basically assuming that most of us in the meeting have, done, have been involved in the program and has been infected, affected by the program and have become convinced or, or in the state of being convinced, which means to believe with certainty, the certain profound ideas of AA, which is uh, something can do for me or do for us what we can't do for ourselves. And so with that basis, then we can riff on all these other ideas. If someone is, is in the throes of alcoholism, it's probably best to do some kind of external activity if possible. It's hard with the pandemic, but to just, you know, look at where your feet are and then move in the right direction as sort of pointed out by the program of recovery. So you get the relief from the activity of the alcoholism, then you can get to the root of the problem. So I just wanted to put that out there. Now, I wanted to go back to uh, page 53, that part about faith, uh, this power of faith, not of faith, not like Judaism or Catholicism or Christianity, but faith, which is a force, I would say, an energetic force here that is behind pretty much how things seem to appear to us, really. So I think the program of AA sees the the dilemma of that there's been a trusting in some in in an idea called a finite self and the trusting of the of the mental activity you know the the interpretation the thoughts and stuff i would think that bill w uses the word reason to talk about faith in that so he says here at the bottom of page 53 the third paragraph in the uh, chapter of We Agnostics, he goes, arrived at this point, we were squarely confronted the, with the question of faith. We couldn't duck the issue. Some of us had already walked far over the bridge of reason toward the desire shore of faith. The outlines and the promise of the new land had brought luster to tired eyes and fresh courage to flagging spirits. Friendly hands had stretched out in welcome. We were grateful that reason had brought us so far, but somehow we couldn't quite step ashore. Perhaps we had been leaning too heavily on reason that last mile, and we did not like to lose our support. 
So to me, that's the point of surrender in a sense, or like that's the point of the rude awakening where you come to a sober assessment that, that what you're relying on and actually what you're relying as is has failed. Yeah. It can't, it can't do the job. It can, it can go so far, but it can't cross the, the goal line, so to speak. That's something there's got to be a shift from having faith in that reason to having faith in this infinite power. We sort of, point at as with the name higher power so then he goes that was natural but we let but let us think a little more closely without knowing it and this is the key i feel a lot of times when i've been under the throes of alcoholism before sobriety and after sobriety it was really without knowing it yeah that's part of its its uh It's modus operandi. It causes us to be unconscious of what's happening until the point where we find out what's happening after some severe consequence. So it says, that was natural, but let us think a little more closely. Without knowing it, had we not been brought to where we stood by a certain kind of faith. So we're brought to this point of realizing that we're screwed, let's say. And then the, the AA possibility, the AA doorways right in front of us. But in fact, what brought us there w was a, a certain kind of faith because we had, for did we not believe in our own reasoning? So we're at the recognition of the failure of the system that was brought up, we got brought there by the system itself. So we were relying on something that had failed. So there was faith in something that had failed and it brought us to this rude awakening or a, a, or a divine reckoning. So it says, did we not have confidence in our ability to think? What was that but a sort of faith? To me, that's the trusting something finite or finite self is having faith in the thoughts that are playing in our head all day. I think that's the exact description of it. There's a faith in the thoughts about yesterday and tomorrow so yesterday and tomorrow can dominate us today yeah if that faith would was weakened not getting rid of the thoughts because i think that's uh in my own observation that's a part of magical thinking we're not going to get rid of the thoughts but we're going to lose interest in the thoughts if they're seen as not ours yeah if we see them as alcoholic thoughts or as a guy said the other day at a meeting stanley's thoughts and you're Paul, there's a possibility that's offered by seeing it as not yours, that isn't offered while you're claiming them to be yours. Yeah. So if I see that I'm not those thoughts, or I start entertaining that possibility, there's a loss of interest, and let's say a loss of faith in the, in the finite self, and then the AA program is what takes that loss of faith and moves that faith to the faith in that which is infinite. So in a way, we're in this, ex we're in this uh, shift, yeah? So first there's gotta be the rude awakening that I'm screwed, let's say, and a clear understanding of the first step. And that's like the, the ringing of the bell of that shift. And then in my case, I had this uh, 
I got struck sober, but that wouldn't have stayed so until, but I met AA the next night or that night. And then AA was, was what allowed that, that surrender and that sobriety to extend over time. And then the faith, because I lost faith in that which had failed me, and that faith was up for grabs, and the AA program grabbed it and put it over to trusting something infinite. And uh, so he goes on here. He says, what was that but a sort of faith? Yes, we had been faithful abjectly. Someone once told me the word abjectly. It's pretty profound. I don't know it right this second. Abjectly faithful to the God of reason, or let's say the God of thought. Yeah. So in one way or another, we discovered that faith had been involved all the time. So if faith has been involved all the time and we're in all the time so faith is still involved here yeah so i started to recognize that paul isn't really a cause paul is an expression so when paul is taken over by anger he expresses anger when he's taken over by a fear i'm not going to get enough then maybe it's expressed as greed or love or understanding when i have empathy for others who suffer from the same situation i suffer from it produces an, a, a a desire to serve and compassion i feel all these things are being produced not by paul or as paul but they're produced through paul as an expression and like jesus said you'll know the tree by its fruit so you'll know what faith in a finite self produces by its fruits. We've had plenty of them. Yeah. And then you'll know, you'll know the, this, the trusting something infinite by its fruits. Yeah. You can tell the difference. It's not a leap of faith at all. It's a faith put into something that's reliable. Our faith was put into something unreliable before, and we showed the effects. And now we're showing the effects of faith, this power put in something that's reliable. And AA is the way for that uh, redistribution to occur and also to maintain and to express. Yeah. So I'm a real uh, believer in this idea that we did not manufacture our own misery. I don't believe that. I believe something took us over that manufactured misery through us. Yeah? Because we're now usually not believing that we're manufacturing our own greatness, are we? In recovery, no. We're, we have a humble position concerning that, and we believe the power greater than us is doing for us what we can't do for ourselves. Why not maybe apply that same view to before you were sober? And see, and see that the parasite did through me what I would never have done to, with myself. Something took me over and manufactured the consequences I was constantly trying to run away from or avoid or get captured by. I think it would be really helpful if we could see, just like we're seeing the power that's greater of, of us in our life, the, the higher power, we can see that power that was greater than us before we got sober, which was the parasite. And so we could give unto the parasite what's a parasite, which is 
a lot of those behaviors I exhibited when I was using, I'm not exhibiting now, at least not on that large expression. And so something, so the recognition that something had me when I was out there has led me to really get the first part of the first step, which is powerlessness. I truly was powerless. It was almost as if I was narcoticized and something was using me for transportation. And then as soon as the, the consequences are heard, happened, then the head, which is the aspect of the disease, would claim to be the one that did it. So I know people in recovery who are still under the effects of guilt and shame that were harvested from the behaviors they did when they were using. I mean, where's the freedom in that? Yeah. So I feel that same sense of the higher power. Yeah, I feel something's moving through me. Well, I felt something was moving through me when I was getting loaded. Yeah, I did. But I didn't name it. I kept calling it me, which is the bondage of self. I've seen clearly it wasn't me and it isn't me. So it's just so different, you know. I mean, those behaviors, you know, it says we will not shut the door in the past. Exactly. But it doesn't say we're going to be in the past like a library reading about all our past mistakes all day. No, we'll be free from that. And I feel part of the freedom from that is seeing how actually powerless I was that something had taken me over. You know, I just wanted to go on a riff about parasites in nature. They've been finding, there was the first one I was introduced to, which is a mushroom called cordyceps. It's a species. And that mushroom has a drive. It wants to reproduce like everything in nature. And that, that's its imperative. Yet it has a shoddy uh, distribution system. It has spores underneath its crown. And it's got to hope that an animal come by and hit it or a wind blows a certain way. And it never knows where the spore is going to land. So it advanced the strategy where it would basically direct the spores to land on an ant. The spore would burrow into the ant, somehow jack into the ant's brain and tell the ant where the mushroom would like to go. And then the ant would go there, let's say a dank, dark place underneath some leaves or something. And then the ant, the mushroom would kill the ant and then they would grow out of the ant's head. Now, in a way, even though we don't have that illustration, it sounds like alcoholism to me. <laughs> it does. And yet we've recovered from that seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. Basically, the ant was, was redeemed. And, and saved and resurrected from the consequences of, of the parasite by a other power getting brought in, by a higher power getting brought in that could neutralize the effects of the mushroom sufficiently to have freedom for the ant a day at a time. So um, I'm a real believer in... Uh, in that I'm going to be directed by something this life. I am. Either I'm going to be directed by the thought system, by the memories of past resentments, by fear I'm not going to be taken care of because I wasn't when I was a kid. All of those things are going to be driven to express through me, or I'm going to be 
directed by a higher power. It's going to take all the evidence, the same information that the self riffs on, and it's going to make it use it differently. And it's going to bring me to a point of being of maximum use to myself and others. I mean, that's extremely different. It's extremely different in AA where a lot of us come in and we know what was the worst thing ever happened to me that day I got pulled over by the cops. But after only a few months, we see it as the best day that ever happened to me because it led us to recovery. I think it's that extreme. So if I'm going to be occupied, I'd rather be occupied that higher power. It's much more beneficial for the host than the parasite of alcoholism and addiction or of self. So I feel like I'm occupied now by the higher power. And what do we need to do? to sort of be taken care of by that new employer, just performance works well and stay close to it. And we can't be far from everywhere. That's what I believe the higher power is. I believe the higher power is located everywhere at all times with no requirement necessary. So now having that new employer, that higher power is employing me just like the parasite employed me. The parasite employed me to get its, its fuel, which is drugs and alcohol. The higher power is employing me, you know, to do what? To be of maximum use to others. And, and, and in that, there's an incredible benefit to this, to this host. So, yeah, that's it for me today. <laughs> I just wanted to riff on it because I've been given this platform and, uh, you know, this is sort of, the description I've come to uh, concerning what it's been like to be introduced to recovery and to recognize over the years that which is directing me and directing us. And to call it a higher power, call it the beloved, call it your innermost, whatever, it doesn't matter. They're all sort of prayers or, or a way of praising that which is intimate to you now. It's a tactile feeling. I feel a presence of a power. Yeah. So, um, so if, if we were that which was manufacturing our own misery, you could have that same view and think you're manufacturing your own fucking splendor. Now, it's obvious most of us don't see it that way. We don't see that we're being used to, we don't see we're the one manufacturing our splendor. We see that there's something moving through us that is manufacturing a splendor. I would believe it would be so, so conducive to freedom if we could apply that same sense to before sobriety and realize the parasite used us to manufacture misery through. Yeah. Because if, if I keep calling it my misery, it's going, to be, it's going to be given a life and it can extend for 50 years. As long as I'm alive, that misery is going to be part of the shadow that follows me because I called it mine. Yeah. So there you go. Thanks. Brilliant. Thank you very much. Um, just to remind everyone now, so now's the Q&A time. Um, and just if you want to raise your hand over in the old um, participant section there, or you can send me a message um, or any of the hosts there and uh, we'll, we'll, we'll let you in. But the uh, first question's coming from Kerry Klein and you are unmuted, Kerry. Okay, how's it going, Paul? 
Good, good. Good. So <clears throat> this higher power that, um, that moves through us, what choice, what part do we have in, uh, in that process as far as, you know, you let go, you let the power move through you, but at what point do we have um, some, something to say about it or, um, you know, to, to do something, action, otherwise, you know, you, you let go, you know, you know what I'm trying to say? I mean, as far yes. as, yeah. you know, yes. yeah, yeah. You got to keep, you got to get up in the morning, go to work, um, you know, be of service, blah, blah, blah. But um, yeah, man, it's just like, uh, try, I mean, what, where does free will, if there is such a thing and all that play? Well, let's just stop to me at, this moment recognition of that power and honoring it yes yeah and basically it will lead you to what's needed is it an absolute need no because you are that spirit but on a relative level things around here and our preoccupation with them can seem to obscure us from that fact so basically day in and day out there's going to be something's going to maybe block the screen for you and there's there you've learned certain ways of how to recognize that the big head that's blocking the screen in the movie theater is ultimately yours yeah so then there's a a sitting down which is humility in a way and there's that recognition so maybe today i wake up and the knee's out let's say my right knee is out yeah so that means I've got to stretch in a different way than I did yesterday. Yeah. And maybe there's some people calling me who are really screwed. And then basically you got to get to the, Hey, or, you know, you got to get your externals down. Yeah. You can't be pontificating. You're fucked right now. Yeah. So yes, it's a pretty yeah. much of a dance. It's not like I got a, I got the dance book and there's, I go and I see salsa, cha-cha-cha, tango. It's much more like spontaneous dancing, which is the revelation of the power, yeah? Because a lot of times you're confronted, you have no idea what to say, and then something gets said, yeah? Yeah, yeah. And then, of course, you start picking up the intuitive sense. You start picking up energetic, like, uh, impressions. For real. So you can... And then there's a feeling like something's wrong. And then you're usually right about that because right. there is. Yeah. <laughs> so then, yeah, you just get. Hopefully. Uh, so I, what see, about I, I find, you know, if you become a master of skillful means. Yeah. <laughs> hopefully that will lead to not needing skillful means that much. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. and the idea of will, the action figure thinks it has will. Yeah. So just do the next right thing. Yeah. But is the, next right, is the next right thing, you know, what I want to do? Or is it like, um, you know, well, over I mean? time you'll find out. 
You know what I mean? Yeah, I found out. You're not two levels below coconut. You'll see. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. See, let's say if something like, let's say the wolf comes into the herd with sheep's clothing. Yeah. Now the sheep yeah. are in two levels below coconut. After a number of times, they know it's the wolf. Yeah. Right. They go, hey, I've seen you before. So, yes. Right. Yeah. So, and maybe you make big mistakes in the beginning. You think the, the wolf was the sheep, but you learn. Yeah. Right. So you learn, get a sense of, uh, so, and in a way, so, like there's a great book called The Course of Miracles that said, there's okay. no sins here. They're just mistakes and every mistake can be corrected. Yeah. yeah. So you make a mistake, you make an amends. Yeah. yeah. And you move on. Right. Now I get it. All right. Yeah. That, but to, for me, the great joy, you know, when I sense the presence of the disease, I try to run. Yeah. Right. I didn't know I was trying to run as it. I thought I was trying to run from it. I was trying to drink myself out of self. I was trying to shoot drugs to get out of self. And in hindsight, self can't get out of self. And I didn't know that the, the, uh, the disease was playing both roles. <laughs> that the idea of self trying to get out of the other bad self. I had no idea of that, but now I do. Yeah? Okay. Yes? Okay. Yeah, yes. Yeah. And that, there's a sense of a power that I don't need someone to tell me that's the higher power. There's a sense of it, you know you know by its effects yeah right yeah. and it doesn't come to me through thought it's already here i almost it's like i get echoes more than a thought yeah i get an right. echo from that which is always here so what do you do with your thoughts that do show up well you're going to see them some of them and that's about it why why would Smash. you like to put a long tail on the thought and call it my thought. That's insane. You know it's a mean? thought. You just it's a it, thought. You just gave it. You just gave it uh, fangs and fucking talons. <laughs> just thought. Yeah. Thought. Thoughts. Yeah. But, but sometimes you, you need thoughts so you can take. Start here. So you can take it. You recognize. You can definitely recognize a huge subsystem of thoughts as alcoholic and and drug addict thoughts. Yes, you can by going to meetings. You hear them all day. I mean, everyone has a certain basic script. And after a while, you recognize, hey, how can these be my thoughts if all these people are having them? Yeah. So then you recognize, wow, that whole chunk that was on, it was like on the chain gang of thought, you know, my thought, my thought, my thought, my thought, a lot of those were alcoholic thoughts. Yeah all chained together with my, 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 my. Now you start seeing a large amount of the thought herd going by aren't yours. <laughs> yeah, that's beautiful. That's, that's a lot of space there. Yeah, so now instead of my, 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 ad infinitum, it's like my, bogus, 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 my, bogus, 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 yes? <laughs> <laughs> recovery progresses. I just want to read from um, 164, a vision for you. It says, God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. 
this higher power will constantly, constantly means at all times, basically, yes? So at all times, this higher power is revealing more to you and us, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's the beauty of it. It's not, it's, it's coded in silence, let's say, and it's read not, not, not like a hieroglyphics or language, it's read, you want to call it the language of the heart. Some people do it. To me, that's a little too flowery, but it is a different language. Yeah. And okay. a whole lot of information gets downloaded in a very short bit of time. It's not mm -hmm. like you have to read 50 pages. It's just boom. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Cool, and to me, that's the better way. Trusting something infinite rather than finite self. There's going to be trust in something. Yeah. Faith yeah. is an energy. And it's either going to go into finite self or let's say infinite, infinite. Yeah, it's going to go one way or the other. I think mm -hmm. we've had a huge sample of one way. Yes. Yes. We've we we have been the effect of having total faith in our take on things. And where did it lead us? And now I think everyone here in all these squares has had enough demonstration, enough evidence. To come to a sober conclusion, perhaps this this is the better way. Trusting something infinite. I mean, yeah. 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 I, so. Okay. Yeah, and you know, if shit, if you if you're up the ass of self, then keep your little yellow pages nearby and have your you know the, the number of the divine proctologists at hand, so you can get pulled out of there. Yeah. I mean, why stay up there with a philosophy you're not up the ass of self? I'd rather just get out of the ass of self than there's no, you know what I mean? Just, just, it doesn't, the, the, you know, the divine proctologist, he doesn't have to move in. You gotta, you're not going to need him all the time. Yeah. Just have him on call. Get pulled out. And then you remember what you thought you seemed to forget. And after a number of times, you'll see that you never really went up the ass of self. Yeah, there was a seeming, there was a seeming ass. In other words, there appeared to be an ass and there appeared to be a you going up the ass, but it never happened. Yeah, I mean, really, how many times have you been flipped out? And then when you get off that train of flipped out, you're, you're at that place you never left. <laughs> you know, it doesn't matter, okay. But if the train had 800 cars, it would have really moved me. No, it doesn't. When you come to, it's at the same space you've always been in. Yeah? Is it or not? Yeah. Hold on. Yes. You, already, yes. you basically always return to exactly where you never left. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah? So, I mean, right. I don't know how many train rides are needed to convince us. But there is a point of being convinced. There is. There has to be. Right. How can finite self uh, fool something infinite? It can only do it seemingly in time. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Okay. Cool. Yeah. All right. Okay. So um, next up is a question from, and I'm, I'm going to probably mispronounce this, um, Avishag. I'm trying to unmute you there. There you go. Hello. Hi, I'm Avishag. 
uh, I was on last time as Aviva because when I was a teenager, I was Aviva and I was talking to a friend, blah, blah, blah. My, my name was accidentally from before. Okay. okay, so you told me we talked about nothing and I was able to see a, a moment of there's actually nothing there. And I've been practicing because I feel myself, oops, turn that off. I feel myself being drawn to um, looking at the things that are created and I'm saying to the things nothing or I'm saying it's not real, like they, the Course in Miracles might. And so I see that there's progress, it's letting go, but I was still, a, 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 there's a, so there's a, a, seems to be an option, like the anger wants me to look at the negativity and then I say there's nothing to that but then there's also the option that you said to look at the nothing and I feel I, I'm wondering if that is an option to shift if I start just looking at the nothing more and more and more that that I would everything would just surrender and I don't have to do it so incrementally like I have been doing did, did I speak clearly yes yes <laughs> Well, surrendered goes a long way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But just remember that which is doing all this work isn't you, really. Be careful with that because the head will be, the head, that which we call self in AA, to me, its movement is claiming. So it's going to masquerade as you as a spiritual you, as the drug addict you, it's gonna masquerade as a you, yeah? So it's, it's gonna to try to make something that's quite easy very hard, yeah. yeah. Yes, so I see that, you know, it, it, wa it, it wants me to keep doing it the hard way, but there's a part of me that, and I don't, I guess it's just a step of less hard, I don't know how much shift it is, but I can see that I can choose differently in that moment when I'm looking at it to say, so I am looking at it and when I say nothing, I, I am very clear that there's nothing exists there. This is a completely made up thing and I can see how it weakens the being drawn into the thing. And so that's kind of been my practice, I think for a while my meditation is just equanimity, looking at thing and, and becoming neutral. And now it's, it's moved to looking, noticing there is nothing. So I, I learned the neutral skill um, yeah. point, right? Yeah. And um, I trust in it. Let's put it that way. And so now when I look at it and I say nothing, I, I completely trust and understand that this is completely made up, like 100% from, from the initial reaction through the story, through the woundedness, through the desire to be distant from other, you know, to reject. So I can see that that's a pattern. Um, but I think there's still the, the temptation to be engaged with the pattern simply in how I'm working with it. And there's maybe a sense of impatience. So the impatience is actually encouraging me to, to work with it more engaged. So I can see when I look at it and, and I have to, I'm back, I'm reminding myself, I'm, I'm letting go of engagement completely and that resets me. So, yeah, I, I, I guess there's this, this thought in me that says, well, what if you just look at the nothing? And I guess it's the concern. Well, what if I just forget what I'm doing? <laughs> I just get lost. And then I forget to keep going, and then I go back into singing. 
Honey, let's say you're in the water now. Yeah. Okay. You're in the water and then you're feeling a current. Yeah. Just go with the current. You don't need a forecast of the river down around the bend or anything like that. That's having the faith in the, in the system. Yeah. Trusting the process and don't leave before the miracle happens. You're in the water. You feel a current. Just go with the current. Yeah. All the narration around you're joining the current or not doesn't really matter. It's a matter of just allowing that which is pushing you to push you. Yeah. It doesn't need you to keep pushing because that becomes really a resistance to that pushing. So, yeah, just go with the current, see what happens. And uh, there'll be a sense of assurance in your gut. Yeah. That's the faith in the higher power. Yeah. Yeah. So you don't need to, well, whatever. It's not you anyway. But this river trip doesn't need a lot of high, highly concentrated observation. Yeah. It's, you're assured of something. Something is going to do for you what you can't do for yourself. Yeah. That's the, that's the process. The river, the recovery river is based on that. Yeah. First, you got to get in the water. You get in the water, and then you feel a current. And then maybe you can see someone that's been riding that current down the river, yeah? And they look like they're happy. They look like they're enjoying peace. And you just sort of, yeah, yeah, just go with that. Go with the program. You're in good hands. The grace of the power that you've been introduced to through AA is going to take care of you. That's the deal. Yeah. Act like it really. Yeah. I can feel that yeah. the, the anxiety to let go, but also the willingness to trust. And so yeah, listening to you that, helping yeah. me. Yeah. Yeah. In a way it's a, it's a done deal. Like the old Star Trek resistance is futile. <laughs> a power greater than you has you. <laughs> just like you were powerless over the disease of alcoholism in a sense you're powerless over this it's just that we don't think so and we want to have a narrative that oh i complied with the wishes of this power hey this power is overriding you yeah. <laughs> nothing i have to do no one no one i don't believe no one uh believed they were going to be sober for 32 years when they came in to AA. They didn't. They had no idea. They didn't come out of any virtue or anything. They were fucked. Yeah, there, was, there was no harbor they could park their ship at. It was wrecked. Yeah. And then suddenly you find yourself 32 years later. <laughs> and the more, the more you go down the river, the less is the less story of you going down the river there is. <laughs> you just lose interest in you and you got more interest in the river, really. <laughs> Seriously, that's been my experience with it. It's, uh, I don't have a huge blog of my journey down the river. It would be more, that's totally secondary. It's the glory of the river. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> That's what it presents with me. Yeah. Yeah.
I mean, what a wonderful thing to be introduced to a higher power that doesn't assault you and eat you and fucking treat you in such a nasty manner and use you to treat other people in a nasty manner. Yeah? If, what a wonderful introduction to a power that sort of uh, encloses you in a current of river, yes? And takes you where you could never have taken yourself. And all that's needed is to stay close to it, which you, you're not out of the river, you're in it, and the performance works well, which is not, lose, not learning more, you know, more athletic swimming things, but a letting go. It's more like a floating operation. <laughs> yeah? Yeah. Of course, in the beginning, yes. But when you take suggestions, they don't stay suggestions. They turn into something. They turn into habits. And habits are actions without thought. So now you've excluded from a large part of your life the influence of the disease because the disease is of thought. Yeah. So now I don't think about going to a meeting. I think about which one. Yeah. I'm in the habits are in place. Yeah. I've taken suggestions. Yeah. I've done, I've done, I've gone through the work. I've made the amends. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, there's a, yeah. To me, it's the easiest, softer way. And what you, you don't lose interest in thoughts. You really lose interest in the thinker, Paul. Yeah. You lose interest in Paul. This, this idea that's become the center of a fucking mental universe. You lose interest in it. So now the interest and attention moves out. Yeah. Your little galaxy gets bigger. Yeah. And now you have the ability to see past your nose, so to speak. Yeah, <laughs> you do. And, and that ability is so obviously brought about by this power that there's no way you can put yourself before it and think you did it. That's the essence of humility. You, almost like a forced humility. There's just no way you can write yourself into the story. You know what I mean? You can't. I mean, shit happens all day. You see a divine choreography all day. You know what you call coincidences and shit like that. It's it, there's a. It's just like a. It's just a. It's just miraculous, really. It is, to have an agitated, thing, be pacified enough that this position here can enjoy peace of mind is miraculous. Yeah, it is. Yeah. So you're in the water, honey, feel the current. Yeah. That current informs you of something. Yeah. It's righteous. It's, it's fucking profoundly expansive. It's, it's, it doesn't provoke a contraction. What contracts is the disease. Yeah. The contraction is the disease. The disease is ready to take a heavy blow, yeah, of recovery. It doesn't like it. It doesn't want to be exposed. It doesn't want the Petri dish it's been living in to change. It doesn't. It, it thrives in the isolation of an extreme self-centered person. It thrives in it. It loves that area. 
It can, it enters every aspect of you. And when you meet it, it, you call it me. It has you completely. That's been over. That's over. Yeah. That occupation has been done away with a day at a time. It's muted. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. Thanks very much, Abhishek. Um, lovely question. And now, um, Tom H. Unmuted. Tom H. Good to hear you again, Paul. I'm over here. I'm going to try to find you here. Green background. Monique. Green. I'm colorblind. I can't see anyone. All right, man. Blue. All right, speak. I don't need to see you. Go ahead. Anyway, uh, thanks for my latest term that I'm going to steal from you. The, the divine proctologist, man. That's a good <laughs> one. Um, Yes, but, uh, I got a number I can give you. Okay. <laughs> it may not be the same number. I haven't called it in a while. <laughs> yeah. But, um, I mean, I, I really, um, you know, I like what you said about, you know, people not labeling their misery as their own anymore. And, um, you know, their depression as their own or something. I think that every time you, you, you name some sort of a negative thing as your own, it does make it bigger, like you said. But um, I was listening to a share the other day of a newcomer who had just come in and they had a, a whole line of people they, they were blaming for the reason they kept drinking. And first it was the care unit that they went to, the halfway house. And then it was the, uh, the doctor for not putting them on the right stuff. And the next one was a group of people that said that they, didn't, they shouldn't call themselves alcoholics anymore, that they were just going to pray away the disease. And, she, and they said, oh, but I trusted them and here I am with a bottle in my hand, you know. So what would be your, your take on that when somebody, I mean, it was my early days of sobriety, I was hanging out with some people that said, yeah, you calling yourself an alcoholic is kind of like a needle in a record. You know, it keeps digging farther and farther into the groove so that, you know, you're, you're actually going to become one. And I, but I'm convinced to my innermost self that I am an alcoholic and it's the best thing that ever happened to me. And I'll go to my grave believing that, you know. But I, what would be your take on a newcomer, you know, somebody saying, oh, this group of people is going to pray it away. And, and um, they said not to call myself an alcoholic anymore. Well, to me, the, the first big revelation in recovery was seeing my role in things. Yeah. Seeing my role in things. Yes. Yes. So, and the idea of naming myself an alcoholic, I don't get, I don't care. You know, I wear it loosely. Yeah. If you want, if you don't want to say you're an alcoholic, you can say I'm a grateful member of AA. But it, to me, that doesn't matter. That's like concentrating on the forest and miss, you know, the trees and missing the forest. Yeah. In my view. So I don't know what people are doing. A lot of people do a lot of things. Yeah. I mean, I used to have, we had a group uh, in America you know, that they, they had, it became like a little separate AA. Yeah. And a lot of people were helped by it. And a lot of people maybe weren't helped by it. Yeah. Who knows? I mean, AA is a perfect program, but there's people in it, you know, yeah. <laughs> that's what happens. And, uh, you know, so I don't know. I would have to, you know, if you heard it from one of the people that told her that stuff, it may sound different than when she's saying it. Yeah. 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 But uh, I think the idea of, of it was such a revelation in a way 
when I came in to have a name for all of that vague, tons of convoluted shit going on, I'm an addict or an alcoholic. It was very, it was very relieving at least to finally capture it with some sort of title and then be with a herd of people who had been taken over by the same thing. That sense of belonging has been incredibly valuable in my experience, yeah. The community of we, yeah. So, uh, no, I don't have much about that. But I would say, again, people have this blaming and blaming, and then after they're done, the next person will say, well, go to a meeting. And then they don't see any why does that make, but that's the logic of AA. It doesn't fit the mental logic. We're not trying to align our way of life to the logic of the parasite, that's for sure, yeah? So instead of trying to fit our way of life around the parasite, we're basically fucking saying fit the parasite around our way of life, yeah? Yeah? In other words, come into the program, be, submit yourself to this program, and that which can be changed will be changed, yeah? Spirit doesn't get changed. The mental, physical conditions get changed when the parasite that's feeding on them and through them is diminished, you know, it's influence. Things get better. Yeah. 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 So. Yes. Well, my feeling is, you know, alcoholism had me. Yeah. I don't have alcoholism. Right. And if there is anything, if... And I don't think it's my alcoholism. I would rather state it in languages, our alcoholism. Yeah. Right. Yes. Yeah. I don't think each one of us has an individual version of alcoholism. <laughs> it's yeah. just, it's yeah. one movement, one parasitical idea that thrives on us based on the self-centeredness. So the patient hides the disease really from itself by being identified as the disease. Yeah. So the host, the disease tells the host that it's the host. So now the host, its possibility of being free from that is taken away because you're identified as it. So your only way you can actually entertain freedom is as the parasite. Yeah. That's how it really cripples us in the realm of possibility. It takes away tons of possibilities by the act of being identified as it. When I saw it as other, the first possibility arose, which is I can be free from it, yeah. literally free from it, yeah? I can't be free from that which I'm identified as, yeah? No, no, it doesn't work. So that's the first recognition of trying to picture it as other. It gives you the possibility that you can be free from it, and really, the possibility of you can be free from it, it's an, actually an inherent freedom because you were never the parasite. Yeah. You, knew, you were never the parasite. Yeah? yeah? It's not like I've got I've to unbecome being that. You were never the parasite. It told you you were. Yeah. It implied you are. It has historical data to convince you you are, but it can never, the parasite can never be the host. There is a difference, a profound difference. 
That's the, and the journey from that difference is perhaps there's a better way. Not trusting something finite, the finite self, yeah, which I would say is the parasite, and then trusting something infinite, which I would say is what actually you are, to tell you the truth. Yeah. yeah. Cool. I would say you are a spirit. You are that, yeah. That has been seemingly forgotten by an identification as what we're not, which is self. That's the parasitical movement. Yeah. So we're the light that the self uses to project all this shit in our lives. Yeah. When you see you're not that, the light gets removed from that projection. And now you see self almost like a, as a weak caricature. Yeah. You can see through that which you used to look from. You see through it now because you're now on the winning side. Yeah. You're more along the, the line of trusting something infinite. You're farther away from the parasite than you are from the higher power. Yeah. You have moved. Yes. You're, you're moving towards that. And as you're moving towards that, there's more clarity about the parasite. That's just how it works. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you see it. You never see it clearly from it. You don't. Yeah. You see it from that infinite. Yeah. So perhaps there's a better way. The way is that faith is being taken away from the finite self and being brought to the infinite power. Yeah. Hallelujah. It's a great ride. I feel shit. Yeah. yeah. And there is, it's progressive. Recovery is progressive. Yeah. And recovery, not all recovery is, is propelled by your effort and thought. It's described quite a lot in the big book where your thought and effort has nothing to do with it. Yeah. You're going to be placed in a position of neutrality with no thought or effort on your part. So your great role in it has been severely diminished as you're moving more towards the infinite. Yeah. <laughs> and at that point, the problem doesn't exist for you. Yeah. Which is incredible. Because in the fact is you've seen the problem doesn't exist as you. You've seen it. You've seen the exact nature of the wrong. Yeah. And there's been a movement. So now the problem doesn't exist as you. So now you have, you can have a nice long string of daily experiences of the problem doesn't exist for you because the problem doesn't exist as you foreign to you. Yeah. It's foreign. It's something that attached to the self, the idea of self and amplified it. And, and then got its meals delivered through the idea of being you. Yeah. It got you to drive to the store and bought by the alcohol. It got you to wait up till four in the morning to get that Coke from the dealer. It got you to do all its shopping. Yeah. It needed us at, for transportation. Alcoholism can't drink. It doesn't have hands, doesn't have a mouth. It gets to feed through us yeah man it gets to get what it wants which is pour some fucking alcohol in here and drugs and you think my show was was fucking 
kaleidoscopic, wait for this. It's going to be 3D. Yeah. <laughs> Just give me that juice. The genie will be out of the bottle. And then, man, it's going to be a fucking, a fucking 80 act play of desperation <laughs> leading to incomprehensible, demoralized Pitiful. conditions in most of us. Yeah. That's the parasite's idea of heaven. That's the parasite. The parasite has its idea of surrender. It's fuck it. It thrives and fuck it. It wants to demoralize the host to such a condition, it's apt to do almost anything by a mere suggestion of one or two thoughts. That's how far, far gone it can take us, yeah? We've been free from that. That's over for all these squares. That's in the back. That's in the fucking rearview mirror. Yeah. The gravitational pull of the higher power has our little imaginary planet. It's released us from the gravitational pull of the false moon. Yeah. We're being pulled to a power so much greater than what used to have us gravitized. Yes. Yeah. We're not in the act of escaping that gravity. We've escaped that gravity. We've escaped it. We're moving inexorably towards the infinite power, if you want to look at it that way. Huh? Now, the narration of the head will keep saying, you're still on planet Paul. You're still right in the, underneath the shadow of that moon. It's all advertising. Yeah? It wants to provoke you to, in belief so that you'll do something that will cause a consequence which will leave a tattoo on you and you'll think it's real, yeah? It has no power other than how it can affect you. And it has to have you believing in it and having faith in it to it for it to affect you at this moment because you're recovered from it, yeah? I could get off the, this and in five minutes talk to someone who's under an incredible barrage from the parasite. They're being, they're, just, they're being pounded by it. We have been relieved of that. Yeah. It's, of course, it sends out its little satellites to try to attract us again. Yeah. That pull us back into that orbit. But the orbit's been broken. Yeah. I mean, how many days of freedom are going to convince you you don't have to live in fear in the days of freedom? Yes? How many uh, evictions of all the closets the boogeyman used to be in? How many evictions are necessary for you to be able to roam around your own house without huge anxiety that you're going to be taken over by something at any minute? You're not. You're in a, you're under the influence of a much greater power now. Its orders are like distant echoes. They're not, they're not arming any movement in any of us right now. Yeah. It's just yapping and yapping and yapping. It doesn't produce your left foot going right or anything. It's just yapping. Yeah? 
and there's more, there's going to be more of a loss of interest and a loss of interest. Yes. And you'll be amazed at what you observe and you'll be amazed of some of its effects and you'll have a humility to be able to receive it because it has nothing to do with you really. Yeah. So if I didn't produce it, I can't unproduce it. That's the joy of it. Yeah. I'm not living in anxiety that this condition I'm in was produced by my doing all this work. So I can't take a day off. I don't see it that way. I don't. Yeah. When there was work needed, I did the work. When there's no work needed, I respond accordingly. Yeah. I'm not going over diaries and seeing my intention when I was 19, you know, 1989. I don't care. It's not that interesting. Yeah. So. Cool. Thanks, Paul. Wow. Okay. So, um, Julie is next. She dropped out. So sorry, Vic. So Julie's going to go first and then, um, she dropped out. Yeah. yeah she, the, she questioned dropped out and then she's back on. So here's Julia. You're unmuted. Hi, I'm Julia. Uh, thank you, David. And thank you, Paul. Um, I'll, I'll keep it short because for me, I, the main thing that is, it is so refreshing for me to hear you speak in this way, freely, openly, um, about, I know it's based on the big book, but, but your personal feelings about a higher power and, and how it actually works in the program, not as some kind of eventual destination and then it's never spoken about anymore um i've been around for a few 24 hours um I, I, and i feel in a way i'm grateful because when i did get into aa i was under shock so much that i didn't have a lot going on in my head at all at all uh it, it was purely i think a question of survival so i didn't have a lot to discuss with myself. I knew if I wanted to survive, that was where I should be. And um, I did remember asking myself those sort of, well, what do I believe, do what is belief? You said, what is faith? So I had, I know this sounds, but I had to go back to, well, when was the last time I believed in anything? Yes, as a baby, I believed in Father Christmas. You know, and it started from there, that feeling of, well, yes, I do actually have that possibility of belief um, because for all intents and purposes I was nuts and uh, even the sense of me had gone so that that sense of, of if you will having faith in myself long gone so in a way it was a good start because I was a bit of a blank page and I absorbed everything to, to the best of my own ability at that time and um, it just seemed to fall into place naturally. Um, I, it was probably because I didn't have the choice. And it was, do I live? And do I listen to this step? Do I work on it? Work, you know, and look for signs of it in any tiny little thing you mentioned about. It's around everywhere all the time. I can remember, you know, ah, uh, a little bit of light in a puddle and I was living in Milan at the time there it is you know so I had to sort of be open to seeing it and and okay well that was it but what I seem to be going through that was quite a while ago but what I seem to be going through now is um 
a bit those 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 little um, satellite things are coming <laughs> at me. Um, obviously, it's a difficult time um, for many of us, and uh, I'm finding that I'm I'm fed. I'm I'm becoming very intolerant with this identification of self in meetings because I didn't have it, and it's almost as if I've kind of let myself grow it to be, feel a part that I fit in, so I can tell my story. Um, as I say, I, ha I have been. I haven't drunk for, for quite a while, so I, I'm, I'm well into that's well into the past. But I'm, I'm, I'm still. I, I, anyway, I don't know how to put it, but it's it's the sense of identity that I realised I needed at the beginning because it helped me understand who I was and that I couldn't drink. Now I see it very much as a hindrance a weight something i really i am bored and i hardly ever tell my story anyway because i can't the shock that i was in i can't remember large parts and plus the alcohol so um but what came to mind anyway when you were speaking was you know that one of the promises god is doing for me what i could not do for myself i have never ever doubted that you know, um, but there are these times that these little little things of feelers are coming back and trying to get me back into identifying with myself. And this is coming up because of this, that, and the other. And I'm an alcoholic, you know. So I'm 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 just anyway. I'm just very grateful to be here to to listen to you speak, and for David for passing on the link. And I've really enjoyed what you said, and it's it's been really helpful for me. So thank you very much, Paul. Thank you. Cheers, Julia. Thank you, Julia. Thank you for the share. Hey, I wanted to say, let's say using that imagery of the satellites coming, that's when you recognize that's six and seven, you know? Say, hey, I'm entirely ready for this satellite to be removed or reconfigured, and you ask that power to do it. Yeah, so when I recognize the disease, I immediately, and it seems like it's coming, yeah, I recognize it, I go, you can go to step six and seven. So you make the statement, hey, I'm entirely ready to have this removed. I like to use the word reconfigure, because I don't think you remove energy, it's just configure. So I ask that, I'm entirely ready to have this reconfigured, and I ask that power to reconfigure. And then um, it's none of my business after that. In other words, I put out the garbage. I don't watch all night through the blinds if the garbage man shows up. I have faith that the garbage, because it's gone every Wednesday morning when I wake up. So I have faith in it. Yeah. So to me, that's while you're moving towards, let's say, the mothership and the satellites of the old wreck is keeps throwing out, you recognize it from here yeah instead of from the old you know planet it's a totally different way you see it and then you apply six and seven it's worked with me especially in meetings because i hear a lot about alcoholism at meetings so I, when i recognize it and sometimes it has a sense feltness like oh yeah then i i immediately bring it to six and seven yeah so you can 
It's a good way to go. And because I have faith in that which is demonstrated through us, so I have faith that if I just do six and seven, there you go. <laughs> That's my job. Yeah. My job isn't to, you know, start working on things. My job is to see things. Yeah. And when I see them, I let, I let the program work on it. Yeah. Yeah. So. Okay. Yeah. Well, thanks very much. Thanks, Julia. And um, Vic, you're up. Hi, I'm Beck, alcoholic. Uh, Paul, thank you so much. I'm really enjoying this. Um, just getting so much uh, fantastic insight. Um, one thing that just kind of came up for me in listening to you is um, the way you've identified like uh, like this disease of alcoholism or addiction um, as the parasite and I'm the host. Um, for me, kind of gives this idea of, of, of powerlessness um, so my question is really like, where does accountability come in? Where does my responsibility come in? Right, like uh, like that last column of of my resentments um, for looking where I'm to blame. Right, like where I'm wrong, where I'm mistaken, um, and the accountability factor not only in the process of going through the steps and getting sober, but then moving forward. You know, um, I I've uh, kind of heard and kind of adopted this idea of um, my disease is not something that is separate from me and I have to remain accountable for my actions when, when I was in active alcoholism or untreated alcoholism, even when I was dry. Um, so, so any insight that you might have related to the accountability factor would, would be so appreciated. All right. And see, whatever, see, first of all, like Bill W and, and as Bill sees it says that, you know, we're going to interpret the steps the way yeah in a certain way the principles are there but the way the steps yeah so the way i'm seeing uh the fourth step and you go to the fourth column where was i selfish self-seeking frightened and all that yes i see those as manifestations of self in my life i don't see them as mine i just don't that's just so i'm just sharing my own thing on it now, the danger of that is the head will love to use it to be irresponsible, yeah? But the fact is, I, f I see a difference between responsibility and accountability. So I always use the example of I have a dog, the dog goes over to the next door neighbor's yard, front lawn, takes a big shit on the lawn. I have no idea that happened. The dog comes back, looks happier, is traveling lighter, that's for sure, and he's hanging out. And then I get a call from the, the, the neighbor who says, hey, your dog took a big shit on my lawn. So I go, all right. I go over there and I clean it up. I'm accountable for my dog. Yeah? Yes? But as soon as I clean it up, I don't go home and ruminate about it for the last next 20 years because I wasn't responsible for it. Mm. I did. I cleaned it up. I'm expecting not to have the dog do it again. That's my role. Yeah? Because I do have a leash, I could keep them from it, and stuff like that. So that to me is how I see the responsibility and the accountability. Yeah, because I don't like the sense of owning the expressions of the disease. I don't. I think that's the bondage of self, really. Yeah, that's my take as a member. Uh, I don't, you know, however it was presented, it was presented, but I see it in that way. So. Uh, if I keep thinking 
if I'm living my life based on that, I manufactured my own misery. Uh, it's going to be very difficult to change the product line you're producing. Yes. I don't see that you or I have manufactured misery. I see that our facilities were used to manufacture misery, just as now my facility is being used to manufacture services. Yeah. It's the same factory. It has the ability to produce a lot of products. Yeah. And I'm not owning the products that were produced by that factory when it had an old own owner. I'm not, the, I'm not, the factory isn't run by that old owner anymore. Yeah. So I'm not going to keep paying bills of 30 years ago after I made my amends. I'm not going to keep billing the bills that are set on a time installment of shame and guilt. I'm not going to, I see that as slavery, to tell you the truth. So, but however you see it, hopefully it'll work to another point of seeing it in a different light. The, the way I'm seeing it now has been quite freeing to me. And it hasn't made me shirk away from actually being responsible so much. I try to avoid all those effects. <laughs> that was the reason why I was, because I thought I really did it, that I was spending most of my life trying to avoid all those people I fucked over and shit. Yeah. Because I did it. When I saw it wasn't me, I became much more open to finish my ninth step. Tell you the truth. Because I realized that I would have done to them, I would have done it to anyone unless they could have physically stopped me. Yeah. So I was clear. The first year I got clear about the disease aspect of this thing. I wasn't, I wasn't believing that I did all those behaviors under the influence. That was seen to be absurd. Yeah. So that's my take on it. Yeah. Great. Accountability. I swear it worked better than responsibility in my view. Responsibility provoked me to try to shirk and avoid a lot of shit. <laughs> it did. Accountability, all right. Hey, yeah, I fucked up. I'm, I'm intending not to do that again to another person, and there you go. And this is brought to you by my being involved in a program of recovery. That's how I would do a ninth step. Yeah. Yes. Great. Um, before we go to a final question, I just wanted to remind everyone that- I'm not, um, Wait, David, let me just say something. Sure. I'm not, I'm just presenting a, a member's eye view. This isn't like a new program. The principles are sound, the steps are sound. My practicing the program brought me to see it this way. Yeah. And I think there's a, a lot of ways to see the program. There's one way to do the program, yes, the steps. There's a lot of ways to see the program. And so I'm just been asked to share a, a way of seeing the program. It may fit well for you. It did for me. And it, uh, and it just seemed like a, a seamless pro uh, progression, yeah? I wasn't trying to use, oh, it wasn't me the first three months of the program. <laughs> it wasn't like a strategy. I grew it. I grew into this view. Yeah. I grew into the view. And it's, it, to me, it has a soundness to it because I've traveled lighter for quite a while. 
without much thought or effort on my part. So <laughs> I feel something's working. All right, Dave, I just want to throw that out there. Yeah, sure. Um, just to remind everyone, um, before we go to the final question, just that we're here twice a week. We're here on Tuesdays and Thursdays, same time, 10.30 a.m. in uh, California. Um, that will be 1.30 on the East Coast and 6.30 in the UK and very stupid o'clock in Australia and New Zealand. But uh, I know there's a few Aussies here, so that's great to see. And also, Paul has his own um, satsangs on a Wednesday and a Saturday. Wednesdays at uh, 7.30 at night, Paul, is that right? Seven, seven. Uh, seven o'clock at night, and you can go to Zen Bitch Slap for the Zoom. They've, they've got their own separate Zoom. It's different to this one. And also on a yeah, Saturday. Yeah, it's right on uh, the website, Zen. Yeah. yeah. All and the information's on zen.com. Yeah. And uh, the one on Saturdays at one thirty. That has a different flow. The Wednesday, Saturday is premised on an idea that's captured by uh, a term called non-duality. And then, but there's a lot of recovery there, too, because that's where I'm from. And then Tuesdays and Thursdays, uh, we're framing it as recovery. Yeah. Okay. Um, it was Keith, but Keith seems to have disappeared. Are you still here, Keith, somewhere? Yes, I am. All right, you go for it, mate. Sorry, I've lost you on, this, on the map. There you go on. Uh, good morning from Northern California. Uh, this is Keith, gratefully in recovery, down the road from Paul here. Uh, this is a perfect lead-in to my comment, the last uh, Paul's reference to his own meetings on Wednesday and Saturday and, and, and comparison to these meetings or the juxtaposition. I just want to say a year and a half ago, I, I walked into my first AA meeting. And uh, not long thereafter, I walked into my first meeting uh, that Paul leads. So what was very fortunate for me in retrospect was sitting in both of these meetings simultaneously going forward. You know what a Venn diagram is. There's the AA Venn diagram, one circle, and then there's the there's another diagram, and I call it the Zen Bitch Slap meeting, the non-duality meeting. And something became very clear to me that I was feeling the effects of the higher power, a power greater than self. And it occurred to me one day in an AA meeting, when I sat there and listened to participants saying, describing their exhaustive, laborious search for the power greater than self. And this, this phrase went off in my mind from an old uh, uh, TV show. It might have been Dragnet. You know those shows where the law enforcement shows up outside the hideout and says, we can do this the easy way or we can do this the hard way. And what it refers to is you're coming out of there one way or the other. And so <laughs> what that meant to me was, when I find myself exhaustively searching, laboriously searching for a power greater than self, there's an assumption going on that I'm separate from that higher self, that I'm distant, that I'm not connected with that higher self. And the shift came for me when I saw that what has to be explained at any moment is not where is the higher power. What has to be explained is the idea that I'm not connected with that. See that, as Paul often says in his meeting, see what you're not. And when what has to be accounted for is the belief that you're a separate something trying to find. So when that kicked in, I realized the idea of being a separate center of will was always a, pro, a protest too much. I was never not in 
being managed by a power greater than than self. That's the only will that is. The idea that I'm another kind of will, a local will, that revealed itself as a false premise. So what does this mean? If you are in this meeting and you're struggling with irritation, restlessness, and discontent, and, and it takes the form of searching for a higher self, where is my higher power? Where is consider the possibility of looking for the idea see that this idea that you're not the greater power all the time that it's not always here then it you may feel its effects when you notice that you are the agent that keeps it from being expressed in you that's what your role in it is see that and then you'll find the the greater power is never not present that that's my experience thank you Paul? Yeah, that's, yeah, thanks for sharing. Okay. <laughs> I couldn't have said it better myself, but I probably will. <laughs> yes, ultimately, uh, <laughs> You basically see your own interest in the truth is that which is obscuring it <laughs> in a weird way. Yeah. Yeah. So let the program work on you. It's doing it. And your interest will be redistributed. And now you'll have the eyes and the ears to see and hear a lot of the shit you are missing. Yeah. And a lot of the shit that you are seeing and hearing will get more muted. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, so. <laughs> uh, it would be great if we could produce that, but we can't. But we can express it. Yeah, we can. We can uh, express it and we can observe it as being so, but we can't produce it. That's the dilemma. Yeah. So, yep. Hey, is that it, bro? That's it. So, thank you very much. I'm going to unmute everyone so you can all thank him. And if there's any trolls here, please don't put the porn on just now. Just wait till we're finished, all right? Here we go. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank Paul, yes, Danny, look comfortable. Chris, everyone, Sarah, uh, whatever, I don't see that one, but it's somebody. Thank you from Barry, it's not enough. It's Vic, I see Vic, I see David, I see you. Uh, I see Keith, Keith, thanks for that share. Larry. David again, the guy who sets all this up. So yeah, thank you. Saying bye and hi, and, everybody. Uh, yes, Steve from the UK. Luke again, good to see you, Luke. Tom, George, Chris, my friend James. Always great to see you, James. Kristen, everyone, Dad, Paul, Frank. 
Hey, thanks everyone. And if my friend from Colorado is here, I got the I uh, got the letter, so I appreciate it from Aurora. It's Fred. All right. Hey, I'm gonna go. I've got to I've got to urinate. Julia, thank you from Spain. Very nice chair. Yes. Let's not take ourselves too seriously. All right. Thank you. Mickey, Mickey, 